Goosebumps, number 37, The Headless Ghost by R.L. Stein. Major headache. They've got a real head start. Everyone knows about Hill House. It's the biggest tourist attraction in town. That's because it's haunted. Haunted by the ghost of a 13-year-old bois. A boy with no head. Dwayne and Stephanie love Hill House. It's dark and creepy and totally scary. Still, they've never actually seen the ghost until the night they decide to go on a search. A search for his head. Listener beware. You're in for a scare. Nice kids. They're gonna love Dark Falls. special place in my heart for this book. I, you guys, I loved rereading this book. I'm so glad you feel that way. I had an, Daniel, I had an absolute blast reading this book. That's what's so great. That's what's so great about this podcast is that like revisiting all these books that, you know, we know them really, really well, but like this time around in the last couple years, rereading them and rewatching the television episodes, there are these gems that I kind of written off somehow, like the ghost next door and be careful what you wish for revisiting those. I'm like, wow, they's some good books. And the headless ghost girl, this is one of my favorites. Actually, I love a good ghost story. And I love a haunted house. I love it so much. I feel like we're returning to form here. Do you know Mm. what I mean? Like, like now we're talking like, like this is straight up. This is a ghost story. We're just dealing with ghosts. It's not some weird, you know, fucking weird ass whatever. It's just like ghosts. It's just some ghosts. I couldn't think of an example of any weird ass whatevers actually. There, there is a lot of story in this book that I deeply appreciate. By the way, welcome to Welcome to Deadcast, you oh, guys. Oh, yeah, welcome. Yeah. I'm your co-host, Daniel Montgomery. I'm your co-host, Matthew Scott Montgomery. And we love Goosebumps. Goosebumps so much. I was just saying to Daniel, we just watched the television episode, and I was saying to Daniel, I was like, oh, no, like, I hate taking this this the cover of this book is going to be taken off the background of my phone because whatever as you guys probably know I think we've said this a couple times already but like whatever book that we're reading at the time that's the backgrounds on Daniel's and my phones and so now I'm going to have to take the the headless ghost cover off the background of my phone and I love it so much if you guys have not seen this cover girl do yourself that favor and straight up google that shit right about now it looks like for me it, it's one of the more sort of like adult kind of looking covers mm. like sort of timeless and creepy all and- grown up I love the colors. The colors are uh, dark purple and sort of a magenta. This magenta, I was thinking about it when I was reading. I was, I was like, we're going to talk about the colors at the front of the book. I don't know have a word for it. I don't think I've ever seen this color before. It's like a deep, creamy magenta. It's like, um, like a beet rose violet. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the, um, the cover is a, head, a boy, a ghost... 
in old-timey clothes, headless, carrying his head, walking down some dilapidated old stairs with a creepy old candle next this to it. This is T. Jacobus at his absolute best. And I Instagram storied uh, me reading this book the other day, and Ricky Middlesworth um, commented on it, on my story, and said, that hair, because this kid that's holding his head, it's rocking some. It's like a 90s bowl cut, even though yeah. this is like 1890s clothes. Oh, I love this cover so much. Oh, Goosebumps number 37, y'all. So let's get into it. Yes, let's do it to it. This book uh, was released in November of 1995. In November. And our two, well, there's one protagonist, clear protagonist, but our two main characters are... Stephanie Alpert and Dwayne Comac. They're both 12 years old. They are. They call themselves the Twin Terrors of Wheeler Falls. Lols. I was thinking about the fact that we call ourselves the Terror Twins, and I'm like, I totally forgot that Stephanie and Dwayne call themselves the Twin Terrors. And by the way, I think just Stephanie and Dwayne call themselves the Twin Terrors. I don't think anyone in town is calling them that. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Not in Wheeler Falls. Oh, Wheeler Falls. So to to describe what they look like, they both have brown eyes, brown hair. They're tall and thin and kind of look like brother and sister. But Stephanie's a few inches taller because she has higher hair. Same. And the the actual protagonist of the book is Dwayne. We 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 um, followed you know Dwayne's first person pers- perspective. You know this book is this. also. Um, First of all, before we before we get right into it, I just want to warn or or prepare our our listeners and readers. And I thought, tell me if you felt the same, Daniel. I feel like this book is more violent than other Goosebumps books yes, in definitely. its st- storytelling. And I feel like as the series goes on, it gets kind of. I think probably from Scholastic dumbed down. Like, I remember there's a Goosebumps 2000 book. I think it's number 25, maybe, or something. And it was called, it was called Earth Geeks Must Die. But I remember Scholastic made them change it, or Arl Stein changed it to Earth Geeks Must Go. So I feel like as the series goes on, they kind of dumb it down and make it a little less scary sometimes and make it more silly you know what i mean although later in the series we do get like the haunted school and some stuff that's really kind of dark and fucked up but i feel like it's it's been a while since we've had like a, a a violent dark kind of ghost story and there's some really kind of violent imagery in this book that i think is really yeah i fun. think it, there's there's some violent imagery and content not so much the there's you know violence in the book itself that's right yeah yeah you're right and, you know, we're about to take a turn, I think, in Goosebumps to a little more, you know, action-adventure land. Yeah, things are while. about to get, like, uh, weirdly, in, like, sci-fi genre kind of stuff. Yeah, we get, we have um, Abominable Snowman in Pasadena, How I Got My Shrunken Head. And then we even, have, like, Egg Monsters from Mars Egg and Beasts from, from the East from coming the up. East. Yeah, things Legend are about to get real Legend. weird. So it's nice to have, like, a nice, I would say, a grounded ghost story about, like, a haunted house. But that's, like, legitimately what this is. And also, I forgot that it starts out vaguely Halloween-y. Yes. So the, uh, the, the... Twin terrors. Um, basically, they terrorize kids in the neighbor their neighborhood. They scare them, and they got the idea last Halloween um, when Stephanie was wearing this really creepy, bristly black cat costume with fangs and yellow gobs hanging from its ears. And R.L. Stein loves gobs hanging out of things. He really does. And Dwayne wore a grim reaper costume, and they were both especially scary. And they scared a bunch of kids in the neighborhood. They're like, "Let's do this all." All very, very, round. very unbelievably scary. And 
you know, so they sort of terrorize all the kids in the neighborhood, but there's one place that they are afraid of themselves, and that is Hill House on Hill Street. <laughs> and it's this creepy big old house where they have tours every 30 minutes. Is that right? I think so. And it seems like every night, all night for every 30 minutes, Hill House is this giant three-story house with stone turrets at the, at the top of a tall hill. Hill House on a hill on Hill Street. Got it? And there are tour, tour guides there. They all wear creepy black uniforms. And they, oh, they give tours every hour. That's right. And oh, they're favorite. And they love taking the tour. And they take it all the time. They have it memorized. Is this the dopest thing? Like, don't you wish we had, like, I, wish. I guess in L.A. we have, like, a lot of haunted things. But, like, I like the idea of this, like, neighborhood thing you can walk to that does, like, haunted tours every hour. I want to I do that. Me too. And their favorite tour guide is this guy named Otto, who's big, bald, and scary looking with tiny black eyes and a booming voice. And they also describe him that, like, this will come a little bit later, I know we'll talk about it, but, like, he looks like a dolphin. Yes, I we will talk about My that. ass was like, when it said dolphin, all I could think was, like, a baby beluga. And I was like, does he look like a baby beluga? Weird. Yeah. So I want to tell you guys the story of Hill House. Yes. This is how Otto and the other tour guide, Edna, and all the other tour guides explain it. Hill House is 200 years old, and it's been haunted practically from the day the stones were gathered to build it. A young sea captain built the house for his new bride, but the day the big house was finished, the captain was called out to sea. His young wife moved into the, into the huge house all alone. It was cold and dark, and the rooms and hallways seemed to stretch on forever. For months and months, she stared out of their bedroom window, the window that faced the river, waiting patiently for the captain's return. Winter passed, then spring, then summer, but he never came back. Spring. The captain was lost See, One year after the sea captain disappeared, a ghost appeared in the halls of Hill House. The ghost of the young sea captain. He had come back from the dead, back to find his wife. Every night he floated through the long, twisting halls. He carried a lantern and called out his wife's name, Annabelle. Annabelle! But Annabelle never answered. In her grief, she had fled from the old house. She never wanted to see it again. Another family had moved in. As the years passed, many people heard the ghost's nightly calls. Annabelle, Annabelle, through the twisting halls and gold rooms of the house. Annabelle, Annabelle. People heard the sad, frightening calls, but no one ever saw the ghost. Then, one hundred years ago, a family named Craw bought the house. The Craws had a 13-year-old boy named Andrew. Andrew was a nasty, mean-natured boy. He delighted in playing cruel tricks on the servants. He scared them out of their wits. He once threw a cat out of a window. He was disappointed when it survived. Even Andrew's own parents couldn't stand spend time with the mean-tempered boy. He spent his days on his own, exploring the old mansion, looking for trouble he could get into. One day, he discovered a room he had never explored before. He pushed open the heavy wooden door. It let out a loud creak. He stepped inside. A lantern glowed dimly on a small table. The boy saw no other furniture in the large room, no one at the table. How strange, he thought. Why should I find a burning lantern in an empty room? Andrew approached the lantern. As he leaned down to lower the wick, the ghost appeared. The sea captain! 
Over the years, the ghost had grown into an old and terrifying creature. Isn't this so scary, Daniel? He had long, white fingernails that curled into spirals. <laughs> cracked black teeth poked out from between swollen... Ew, gonna be sad. Swollen dry lips. And a scraggly white beard hid the ghost's face from view. Same. The boy stared in horror. Who... Who are you? He stammered. The ghost didn't utter a word. He floated in the yellow lantern light, glaring hard at the boy. Who are you? Do What do you want from me? Why are you here? The boy demanded. What do you want from me? When the ghost still didn't reply, Andrew turned and tried to run. But before he could move two steps, he felt the ghost's cold breath on his neck. Andrew grabbed for the door, but the old ghost swirled around him, swirling darkly. A swirl of black smoke in the dim yellow light. No, stop, the boy screamed. Let me go. You guys... The ghost's mouth gaped open, revealing a bottomless black hole. Finally, it spoke in a whisper that sounded like the scratch of dead leaves. Now that you've seen me, you cannot leave. No, the boy shrieked. Let me go, let me go. The ghost ignored the boy's cries. He repeated his dry, cold words. Now that you have seen me, you cannot leave. The old ghost raised his hands to the boy's head. His icy fingers spread over Andrew's face. The hands tightened, tightened. The ghost pulled off the boy's head and hid it somewhere in the house. After hiding the head, hiding it away in the huge dark mansion, the ghost of the sea captain let out a final howl that made the heavy stone walls tremble. The terrifying howl ended with a cry, Annabelle, Annabelle! The old ghost disappeared forever. But Hill House was not freed from ghosts. A new ghost now haunted the endless twisting halls. From then on, Andrew haunted Hill House. Every night, the ghosts of the poor boy searched the halls and rooms looking for his missing head. All through the house, say Otto and the other tour guides, you can hear the footsteps of the headless ghost searching, always searching. Isn't that creepsy? Isn't that good? Well, here the thing is, like, I love this ghost story. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, first of all... No, it doesn't make any sense. I, I love it. And the, and the imagery of this, the old sea captain is so terrifying. Um, also, have we said already that his, the captain's name is Captain Bell? Captain Bell? I just think it's funny that it's Captain Bell and his wife, Annabelle. So she would be Annabelle Bell? <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? Annabelle Bell. Annabelle Bell. Um, I also think it's interesting that this ghost, a ghost's age, apparently. You know what I mean? Like, this captain's ghost, like, over time, the ghost becomes this weird, weird, gnarled kind of creature. And also, I just think it's kind of hilarious and amazing and, like... If you really stop to think about it, you're like, what? If you if you just, like, listen to Daniel and I just tell that ghost story, and you're like, oh, cool. Don't think about it too much. Uh, here, let me ruin it for you. Because I'm like, why... Like, the boy saw where his hiding place is, so the captain just takes off his head and hides it somewhere? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really... It doesn't make any sense. But doesn't mean I don't love it. I love it. Doesn't mean I don't love it. Yeah. So, Dwayne and Stephanie are out and about scaring one night... And I just want to read some quick examples of what they do to scare the kids in the neighborhood. This is so funny. Um, it said, it was about 10 o'clock at night. We were out haunting the neighborhood. We did our terrifying wolf howl outside Gina Jeffers' window. <laughs> then we went next door to Terry Abel's house. We put some chicken bones in her mailbox. Because just people- because it's creepy to reach in your mailbox and feel bones. <laughs> 
That was one of my favorite things in the earlier part of this book was just, was that, the idea of that. Ludicrous. Yeah. And then they go to Ben Fuller's house and throw, like, rubber spiders through his window onto him sleeping, and he freaks out. I also think it's funny, there's a part in this book, I forget exactly where it is, where it's, like, Dwayne and Stephanie. Wait, what was the kid you just said's name? Ben Fuller. I think, aren't they outside of, like, Ben Fuller's house? Like, one night we were, like, throwing spiders into Ben Fuller's house, and we looked at each other, we're like, this is boring. You know yeah, what I mean? So like that, that's actually exactly what happens. I think that's so funny. And um, Stephanie's like, you know what we should do? We should haunt Hill House. Yeah, I have an idea. This is getting boring. Why don't we go to Hill House, leave the tour, and go search the house for the missing head? Oh. And Dwayne's like, uh, that's a waste of time. Like, let's not. And Stephanie's like, oh, you chicken. You chicken. Dwayne. A lot of this book is is... Stephanie's definitely like the instigator one and it's we're inside of Dwayne's head and it's like Dwayne's kind of like freaking out and really scared of stuff in his head but he like puts on this like bravado or he whatever puts on the this word. brave face and is like no let's let's go there right now and yeah, I can do it. Yeah, I'm not scared. I'm not chicken. Again, I don't know if like modern kids or whatever i don't think this applied to us as kids at all where it was like when you said like the word chicken like that meant anything again i think this is earl stein being a kid in like 19 whatever and like back then it's like hey duck hey jeff jeffers or whatever the hell their names are it's like let's go play baseball or what the matter you chicken you know what i mean oh so stephanie's like just fine let's go Let's go to Hill House now. And Dwayne's like, yeah, let's do it. My ass wants to go to Hill House. Girl, Dion, can you imagine if, like, down the street we had, like, a haunted house on a, I don't know, a Monday night doing a 1030 tour? You better believe my ass would be going over there, especially if I weren't doing anything that night. Girl, you know, I would never be home. I'd always be at the Hill House. That's right. Hill House. So they climb the steep, weed-choked hill and come to the house. There's kind of a little bit of description of the house that, you know, like Matthew said, it's three stories, turrets, balconies, dozens of windows that are and the whole house is made of dark gray slabs of stone that's covered by a smelly blanket of thick green moss Mm. there's even a gargoyle on one of the turrets i dare say i like hill house better than carpenter house or dead house i agree with that i don't know about dead house because i i love dead house well dead house is like a family house we're y'all we's about to learn hill house is a big ass house it is it's really big but i think my favorite haunted house of, of all goosebumps is the haunted house of horrors from Shocker on Shock Street. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Not, yeah, that's that's definitely the sexiest. Although there is some fun stuff in this one. Yes. Yeah, so um, there's a, a sign by the door that says, carved in stone that says, enter, enter Hill House, House and your, your life, life will be, be changed, changed forever. forever. <laughs> <laughs> there's a heavy wooden door that every time you walk up to it, it opens by itself. Sexy. And they made it just in time for the 1030 tour. And this is where we get that description of Otto as a dolphin. He, Dwayne's like, yeah, his body reminds me of a dolphin's. He's shaped like a dolphin. He must be 300 pounds. And I'm all, what are you talking about? I don't know. I do. I, I like it because it's such a specific thing that we don't hear as a description of people a whole I lot. I just think it's Otto as, like, Otto as smooth and rubber and hairless and flipping and flopping around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For some reason, maybe it's because I, I've been recently watching Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and Feud, Betty and Joan. But, like, for some reason, I pictured, like, an older Victor Buono. Do you I, know who, who I think of when I think of Otto? Who? This is not going to apply to many people. But a lot of the stuff we say doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He reminds me of Zombie Joe. 
Oh, Zombie Joe. Zombie Joe has a theater oh, here in Los yeah. Angeles that does like creepy immersive Yeah, weird, there's dark this theater. guy named Zombie Joe who probably looks like how he sounds. I always thought Zombie Joe was kind of cute. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I did I did a, a musical with Zombie Joe. Zombie yeah, Joe's but, underground but theater I think shout Otto out. Is, what's that? I said just shout out to Zombie Underground Theater. Oh my god, of course. Zombie Joe's Underground Theater ZJU. But I think Otto is pro- is older than Zombie Joe. Yeah, I did, yeah, I think so too. Anyway, um Otto's wearing all black, even black gloves, which I think is interesting. And Dwayne kind of describes what it looks like when you enter the the house. He says the front hall is bigger than his living room and dining room combined. It's only lit by torches, and there are nine other people there. They're the only kids. I also love this this detail that they're there. They are there so often that Stephanie and D Dwayne don't even have to pay to go in there anymore. They, they just like walk through the turnstile, right? For free. And they just go on through. I was like, what? So the opening, the, do what? Do huh? Do Dwayne? The the front hall has peeling walls, and there's a do? winding staircase in the center, and um, it leads up, you know, upstairs. Otto starts the tour with a lantern, giving a speech about Captain Bell, Annabelle Bell, and they make their way up the creaking, narrow wooden stairs oh. up to the first stop is Captain Bell's wood paneled bedroom that has this big window that faces the river. Where people, I guess, would see his ghost standing with a lantern screaming, Annabelle, Annabelle. What's so great about Hill House, one of the things that's so great about Hill House is that, you know, we have this story so far of, right, the captain and his searching for his wife. And then the little mean-spirited boy, Andrew Craw, who came in and, you know, his head got stolen. And now he's now it's Andrew who, who haunts the house looking for his head. But that's not it. There's like many rooms in Hill House and each one kind of has like a dark, fucked up, twisted story to it. That's yes, like, each one. It's, there's so so much stuff happening in like in this book in the so story. So the headless ghost is just one part of the creepy hauntings that happen at Hill House. So Otto, the next part of the tour, Otto mentions, you know, Andrew Craw, who's the headless boy, but how he mentions how Andrew's sister Hannah went crazy, and they go to her room. Her room was filled with hundreds of blonde porcelain dolls with rosy cheeks and blue eyelids, and she stayed in her room for eighty years, rocking in her rocking chair. And Otto, as he walks in the room, sort of rocks her chair and, um, you know, she I love this idea. Don't room. you, Daniel, how, like, this, like, woman just, this girl spent her entire life brushing doll's hair and going just sitting in, there going, going I've written a letter to, to daddy. His address is heaven above. I've written a letter to They make their way down the hall towards this to a dark staircase, and this is the staircase where Andrew and Hannah's mother fell down them. She fell down the stairs to, to her, her death. death. Yeah. And Usually just, they don't say the word like death and stuff like that in Goosebumps books, you guys. So Stephanie and Dwayne think this is the per- as they're going down the steps, it's the perfect time to step away from the tour. But Dwayne notices that a boy is staring at them. It's a boy wearing a black turtleneck and he has wavy blonde hair and pale skin and wearing jeans black jeans and Dwayne's like um he wasn't in the group earlier where did he come from stuff he's like who cares by the way isn't that like the sexiest 90s thing you've ever heard of in your entire life it is yeah 
So they let the they let the group walk down the stairs and they hang back in the hallway for a little bit. And Dwayne's like, oh God, I can't believe we're doing this. I can't believe they're doing this. And she's like, let, Stephanie's like, yeah, let's go start searching for his head. So they go down the hall to the green room, which is this room with green vine wallpaper paper all over. But Dwayne and Stephanie call it the scratching room. Be- scratching in a scratch. Because there was a couple who I guess slept there one night and they woke up with itchy purple swords that every doctor from all around the world had no idea to figure out what it was or how it happened is that fucked up it's so creepy and she stephanie peeks under the bed of that room and when she comes out she's itching she's itching so badly she starts to scratch and scratch and says help help please oh no the green room the itching room the scratching room but of course, it's just a joke. Womp womp, JK. Dwayne fell for it. Stephanie keeps doing that to Dwayne, like, constantly over and over. Yeah, there's lots of gotcha scares and giggles where it's just Stephanie just, like, doing, faking Dwayne out. And Dwayne falls for it every time. And then she immediately does it again. Don't trust her ass. she sees the head and then yeah. it turns out. It's a pile of dust or something. Yeah, it's like a pile of dust bunnies. <laughs> and he's like, don't do that again, Stephanie. Stop scaring me. Do you promise? I promise. But he sees that her fingers are crossed. Bitch. Urgh. So they go down the hall towards Andrew's room to search. They're like, well, maybe the head's in Andrew's room. And I'm all like, guys, don't you think the ghost would have found his head by now? I know, right? Like, he spends he spends his whole afterlife I also can't believe we're it. actually about to go into Andrew's room. Like, this is straight up Andrew Craw's room. You know the lead of Terror in the Graveyard, the Goosebumps board game? Oh, I have it in my trunk right now. Ooh, by the way, did you know that The Headless Ghost was a movie in 1959? You know what? I did know that. I watched it on YouTube yesterday. You did? It's not very good. What's it about? It's about, like, these three college students, and there's, like, a lot of girl. If you want some, like, outdated, like, misogyny and, like, talking about women's. it's like these, I don't. These three college students who are, like, American college students who are visiting this, like, vaguely British like castle essentially and they decide they're they're both like writing they're all of them are like writing papers for classes or something like that Ugh. and they have to like prove that like they want to prove that there's an actual ghost in this like castle so they decide to stay overnight and see if they can like find literally find the head of this like I want to say it was a sea captain too um, but it ends up being like kind of silly and it's like the acting's really bad and they're kind of like you're a girl you can't stay in a castle overnight she's like I certainly can't like she has like a terrible like mid-Atlantic half British accent I'm into that I actually didn't finish watching it to be completely honest it's black and white and, and, and it made me feel kind of sick but part, part of me couldn't help but wonder if jovial Bob Stein when he was writing this book had been inspired by this B-horror movie from 1959 when he was a kid playing baseball with Duck and hat i wouldn't be surprised in yeah. fact i'm pretty sure that's the case the whole thing is on youtube if you want to check it out um uh snaps for you if you make it all the way through now, now that i'm telling you the actual truth listeners i only i only watch like half of it that's true i know i can't lie to you guys anymore so they are in, in andrew's room and he has a canopy bed with a little canopy over it and there's like a bunch of dusty old toys and a wooden bicycle and all this stuff in the room and and they're like, yeah, if, if his head if his head is anywhere, it'll be in here. So Stephanie's like, Dwayne, check the bed. So he gets inside the canopy, is like checking the pillows, and all of a sudden he looks and sees that the quilt, the gray and brown quilt on the bed, is moving. It's moving no, by itself. No, the quilt is sinking down the bed. There's a ghost in here. But then he just looks and sees that Stephanie's pulling it down. Oh wow, what a good scare! And wow. she wasn't even trying to scare him. He was just getting. He was just scaring himself. Dwayne, you chill out, dude. And they're like, ah, I don't think it's in here. But then Dwayne sees it resting against the doorway. It's two black eye sockets. There it is. There's the head. It's for sure the head. 
and Dwayne goes to pick it up, but it slips out of his hands and rolls across the floor and bumps into Stephanie's sneaker, and she's so scared. Oh, no. And then he's, and Dwayne, Stephanie's too scared to pick it up, but Dwayne's like, I'll pick it up. I'll show you how brave I am. And then he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm picking it up. It's smoother than I thought. And then he brings it into the lantern light and says, oh, no, it's just an old wooden bowling ball. This is one of the first things I remember about this book. I think I've only read this book like three times. I gave it a B, by the way, but I'm thinking about giving it a B plus, to be honest. But like, you guys, like, how could you fucking think? And when they talk about the fact that it's like a old timey bowling ball, where they only had two two holes holes instead of three, which I guess like makes it make a little bit more sense. But like, first of all, and also there's just like this bowling ball in the corner that just starts rolling towards them. You know what I mean? Like what? Yeah, well, he tr- he goes to pick it up. Doesn't he go to pick it up? And oh, I thought it started... Okay, my bad. I thought it started rolling towards and him. And it slips. But, I mean, I, I don't think any head would roll so smoothly like that, you know? Yeah, but a bowling ball would. An old-timey wooden bowling ball. Stephanie's like, maybe this is... There's no point to this. Maybe we should go back. And Dwayne's like, but I want to prove how brave I am. I promise I'm brave. And... I'm not chicken. And so he's like, maybe we should go to the top floor where the tour doesn't go. And he's hoping Stephanie will be like, no, we should get back to the tour. But Stephanie's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do it. And let's do it now. And he's like, oh, shucks. And they go past the no visitor sign up the creaking stairs up to the third floor. This and is where, start for me, this is where stuff starts to get really weird and scary. It gets really good, yes. Like, when There's, I was reading this book, I was like, okay, this is, like, cool and kind of fun, but this is where it turns for me, where I'm like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, this gets kind of scary. They go up to the third floor, and there's, you know, no lanterns, no candles up there, just pale blue light from the window at the end of the hall. Oh, it's so dark. And it's hot up there. Oh. And they sneak into the first room that is empty, completely empty, with just some dusty windows, and they can see the full moon outside. I love that. Yes. And then they find a little narrow door in the back of that room that leads into another room. And that room is empty except for two couches in the center of the room facing each other. It's so weird. And there's a radiator and there's another door and it's very hot in that room. So like all the rooms are connected basically. Yes, all the rooms are connected. They lead from that room into another room with an old, it's a sewing room with an old sewing machine on a desk in front of a window, and then they move into another room, and that room is completely dark, except for a tiny square of light coming through a window, and they hear a thump, and then another thump, thump, and then another thump, and then they realize, oh no, someone's in here with us, and they freeze, and they see two pairs of yellow eyes coming towards them. Please. And then the eyes sort of split apart, and then they see more yellow eyes all over the room, like cat eyes. And then they realize they are cats, and the room is filled with cats. This is, like, one of my worst nightmares. (laughs) Yeah, I probably would die from sneezing I completely would. I would be dead. And they try and get out of the room, and Stephanie trips over a cat, landing hard on her knees. And the cat starts screeching like crazy, and they just try to run out of the room. That and that and that room leads into a long back hallway with a window that leads out into a balcony. Wait, and pause. Something I thought was so which so creepy and like indicative of how amazing and scary Hill House is because after they leave the cat room, that's literally filled with cats. All the yowling and the meowing when they shut the door, all of a sudden it's complete silence and they don't hear any more cat sounds. Yes, and they're in another hallway, and I'm like, how big is this house? It just keeps. Keeps going. I was and going. trying to figure. I was trying to map out the house in my brain, and you just can't. You I, guys. I did. You know what? I thought like I can't map this out. Daniel will do it for me. <laughs> uh, I couldn't because it doesn't make no sense. Yeah, that's true. 
and they're like where are we we're in a secret long back hallway they're like maybe it's for like the workers or the tour guides i don't know but there maybe it's for like manny the night janitor yeah it must be for emil the night janitor literally there is the night guy named manny though it's true it's true they figure there must be stairs at the end of the hallway so let's we've had enough let's join the group and they take about four or five steps forward and then ghost hands come out of nowhere and push them back did you know what was happening the second this started yes because i did too it turns out it wasn't ghost. It wasn't sticky ghost hands. Instead, it was a tightening net of cobwebs. Now, just after being stuck in a cat room, this is another absolutely terrifying thing to me because the way that Arlstein describes these cobwebs is they're like thick and white and like really, really thick, and they cover them. And you they're know what I mean? Choking like, them, and you know where you know what comes with with spider webs. Ooh, and then they feel itchy, tiny spiders all over them. Oh God! <laughs> Dwayne starts feeling a tingling on his back, and they're like, "Run! Let's just run! Let's just run through it! Let's run!" You know what's interesting and that that is not in this book though? What? Bats, bats or redheads? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I guess you're right. I'm glad that you knew bats the second I brought that up though because no. now that we're rereading this series, there's like a lot more bats and redheads than I ever realized. Yes, but we'll we'll continue to get redheads and bats for the rest Don't of the Don't you series. worry guys, we're going to have bats soon enough. And they are running and running and stuff. He's like, next time have you have a great idea, don't have a great idea. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And the hallway turns to the left, and then it turns to another hallway. Turn and, to the left. And then there are Turn ha- to the another right. hallway with candles lit over each Charlie door. Brown. And, you know, where is this house going? And they jog. And then, then as they get toward the end of this next hallway, they get to a room where they hear a man talking. And then they hear a woman talking. And then they hear people laughing dozens of people laughing and cheering tons of people in so much it sounds like there's a party happening in and they're there like, is this the tour but the tour doesn't come up here where well, they, it must be the tour guy because there's literally a crowd of people laughing and giggling and speaking really loudly in this room and so they open the door and <gasps> it's empty Ooh. they interrupted a party of ghosts wow and they both stand there the room's completely empty they feel a cold wind rush through the room and they start freaking out yeah as i'd be should. freaking out too this so is scary. one of my favorite parts of this book same it's really terrifying so they run out of the room and you know there are no stairs anywhere and they just go they find an open door filled with couches and furnitures cu- furnitures covered in sheets which leads them to another room filled with crates and then to another room then to another room where are the stairs Anyway, it leads into a long, another room leads into a long, twisting hallway. Like, can you figure out this house? I can't. No, but then they come across a door with a horseshoe on it. And they're like, we haven't seen this kind of door before. And they open the door to reveal stairs. So they run down the stairs. And as they're going down the stairs, they hear somebody coming up the stairs. Who now, could it be? When I was reading this book the other day, this part really scared me. Because the idea of being in this dark hallway and then opening a staircase and guarding, starting to go down it when someone is immediately coming up the stairs. It made me think of Get Out when that guy's running towards What's-His-Face in the middle of the night. Oh, yes. It also made me think a little bit about uh, Night and Terror Tower when they're making their way down the, the tower steps and people are coming up the steps. Oh, the Lord High Executioner. And who do you think it is that's coming up the stairs? It's Otto. It's Otto. And he's like, what are you kids doing up here? And they're like, uh, uh, we got turned around and we got to lust. Uh, we got to so lust. And we he- we heard voices upstairs. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dwayne's like, it's kind of true. He like th- thinks to himself. Otto brings them back to the group. It turns Ed- out Edna's been taking over <laughs> the tour. Edna's like a, a willowy old lady who, I guess, are she and Otto a thing? They're together, yeah. 
I don't know. Maybe I don't they're know. friends. Maybe they're maybe they're lifelong friends. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. So she's been taking over the tour, and she's like telling a story in front of the fireplace. And Otto had snuck away from his tour group to go find Stephanie and Dwayne. And the group is in Joseph Craw's study, and this is the story of um, Andrew's dad. So creepy and weird. Yeah, this one's weird. After his son died, I guess he, one w- cold winter night, he came home and was warming himself by the fire. And the next morning, the maid came in and found all. All she found was two charred black hands gripping, gripping the, the top of the mantle, as if somebody had pushed him or pulled him into the fire and burned his body alive. Ooh. That's pretty rough. I love that. Yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense either, but it's 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 frightening. And that stuff is not usually in Goosebumps books, you I guys. I know. I love it. And and Dwayne and Stephanie are like, I don't think we're gonna join the group. It's pretty late. Is it a school night? I don't know. And it is a school night because um, oh, Dwayne yeah. has a math test the next day. Yes. And so they're like, maybe we should go home. Math and, is such a waste. And as they go, it's I true. Mean, I mean, it's actually math's not a waste. It's like really important stuff. But you have your calculator on your phone. So as they're leaving, as they're about to leave, Dwayne sees that blonde guy staring at him again. Why is that guy staring at me? I don't know. But like, where did he come from? <laughs> and as they're leave, they make their way out. They're leaving. And Stephanie pulls out. It's also in winter. This book takes place in winter. And it's very cold the whole time. And she pulls out her wool muffler. I don't even know what a muffler is. I had to Google it. And I guess it's like a car part. <laughs> but like... <laughs> It's also another word for, like, a big, fat scarf, I guess. I don't know. And as she's pulling her, putting her wood this part really scares wool me, muffler Daniel. around her head, she, it gets stuck in, like, a low bush, like a pine hedge bush thing. And Dwayne's like, ah, oh, let me get your muffler out of the bush. <laughs> and he hears somebody whisper from the bush, did you find my head? Did, did you, you find, find it for me? I think that's so terrifying. And Dwayne's like, what? Well, what? Stephanie, did you hear that? And she's like, she is frozen and she's staring past him. And behind Dwayne is the pale blonde guy. And Dwayne's like, did you just whisper something to, to, to scare us? And, and he's, he's like, like, what? What are you talking about? I, I just came outside. And they're like, how did he get out here so fast? He's like, yeah, I just came outside. I followed you guys outside. My name is Seth. I'm just visiting. I'm not from Wheeler Falls. And he said, did you find anything interesting when you stepped away from the tour? I saw you sneak away, and I wanted to ask you if you'd like to see some real ghosts. Would you like to? Would you like to see some real ghosts? Would you like to, Stephanie? Would you like to And Stephanie says, "Uh, totally. And he says, well, if you want to see the real ghosts, you have to go late at night. After it's closed, then you'll see the real ghosts. You see, late one night, I snuck into an open back door and I saw a real ghost. And they're like, you did? And he says, yes, at the top of the stairs. Yes. I backed up against the wall and I saw the ghost, a very old lady in a long dress (sighs) and a black bonnet. She wore a heavy black veil over the front of her face. But I could see her eyes through the veil. I could see them because they glowed bright red like fires. fires. And the gold ghost came sliding down the banister. (laughs) She tossed her head back and screamed all the way down. (laughs) 
And as she did, her red eyes left a bright trail, like, like the tail comet. of a comet. And he's like, there was no time to run away. She came sliding down the banister right towards me, eyes blazing, screaming like some kind of crazy animal. And I was pressed against the wall and I couldn't move. And as she reached the bottom, I thought she'd grab me, but she vanished disappeared into the darkness and all that was left was the faint red glow floating in the air can we talk about the how glow this is the rise? most amazing scary story you've ever heard in your life how about the most sensual and literally a woman sitting on a banister with glowing red coal eyes wearing a black bonnet rides down the banister Shrieking. and screams like a banshee I would pay top dollar to Th- see that. That's why this book is so amazing, you guys. Like, we don't get this kind of stuff in Goosebumps books a lot. Like, this was such a total blast. This I was book is touching myself full. when I was reading it. Chock full of ghosts. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love so it. Seth I is love like, it. why don't you come back with me tomorrow night to see some real ghosts? We can meet here at midnight. I don't want to go alone. Will you come with me? And Stephanie's like, yeah, we will. Right, Dwayne? So Dwayne's like, yeah, I'll go. And then takes his math test the next day. And the next night at midnight, they sneak out. And Arlstein points out that they can do this because Dwayne and Stephanie's parents are bo- are all heavy sleepers. Okay, great. And Dwayne's like, I'm not so Some sure about this guy, Seth. But Stephanie's like, I'm so excited. She's so excited. She sh- howls and shrieks into the frozen rain. By the way, Stephanie is known for her werewolf howl that she does into the frozen rain in front of Dwayne's house just then. I'm here for it, Stephanie. Me I'm too. here for it. Werewolf skin. So they sneak behind the house, and it's like filled with crap. The whole backyard's filled with crap, like an old ladder and bo- cartons and boxes and old lawnmower. But they don't see Seth. And all of a sudden, Seth appears from around the corner, which, and Arlstein points out, and I think this is important, that he's not wearing a coat. He's wearing the same turtleneck, same black jeans. And he's grabbing his throat and says, the ghost, a ghost, a ghost got me. He got me and collapses dead on the ground. And Stephanie and Dwayne don't fall for that shit. Stephanie's like, yeah, right. That's the get up. That's the oldest trick in the book. You're talking to the twin terrors right now. You got to wake up pretty early in the... And so he's like, all right, fine. And they find this, they go up to this narrow door in the back of the house with a wooden latch. Pause. Do you guys, what do you think the deal is with Seth? Do you think he's a ghost? Do you think he's alive? Do you think he's like, is he going to tell the truth? What's going to happen? Keep going, Daniel. Uh, Here I go. And Stephanie's like, before we go in, do you promise that we'll see a ghost? And Seth says, I promise. I primrose promise. I promise. And they scoot inside, and it's pitch dark inside. And Seth's like, I'll go get some candles. And says, don't leave. This part's so silly. So silly. Dwayne hears the sounds of bones rattling. Literally. He just stands there in the dark, realizes he's in the kitchen. But standing in the dark, dark kitchen, all he can hear are literal bones rattling. And I thought I read that wrong when I was reading this, but uh, like literally two or three more times he stands there and hears clattering and clang of clacking old bones. And feels a cold icy wind. And then he's like, Stephanie, do you hear that? Stephanie? Stephanie? And she's gone. He's all by his self. And then he sees two glowing evil yellow eyes coming towards him. It's a cat. No, no, wait. It's a candle. No, wait. It's two candles. Wow. It's Seth and Stephanie with candles. It's Steph and Sethany. And 
they give him one of the candles and he sort of is like, oh, and he lights his candle, but barely can because his hands is shaking so hard. And he realizes Would they are in the kitchen and the cold wind is coming from a hole in the window behind him and that it wasn't bones rattling. <laughs> it was hanging pots and pans. I'm like, y'all, these pans have got to be like literally made of wood, I think, for them to clatter like bones. Otherwise, they'd be banging and clanging like straight up. I don't know pans. And Seth is like, oh, look over here. There's this dumb waiter. And they're like, what is that? And he's like, let me tell you the story of the dumb waiter. You guys all know what a dumb waiter is, right? And how a dumb waiter works? Yeah, they know. I but- actually want to say that um, this may be, no, Harriet the Spy is where I learned what a dumb waiter was when I was a kid. You guys ready for another scary story? This is what Seth says. Otto told me that this dumbwaiter is haunted. A hundred and twenty years old, things suddenly started to go wrong with it. The cook would put food on the shelf and send it upstairs, but when the shelf reached the bedroom up there, the food was gone. And then Stephanie says, It disappeared between the first and second floor? And Seth goes, Mm-hmm. This happened several times. When the shelf reached the second floor, it was empty. The food had vanished. The cook became very frightened. He was afraid that the dumbwaiter had become haunted. He decided to stop using it, and he ordered everyone on his staff never to use the dumbwaiter again. And then something horrible happened. Some kids were visiting the house. One of them was a boy named Jeremy. Jeremy was a real show-off and very athletic. When he saw the dumbwaiter, he decided it'd be fun to ride it to the second floor. So Jeremy squeezed into the shelf, and one of the other kids pulled the rope. Suddenly the rope caught. The kid couldn't get it to move up or down. Jeremy was stuck between somewhere between the floors. The other kids called up to him, Are you okay? But Jeremy didn't reply. They started to get very worried. I'm worried. They tugged and tugged, but they couldn't move the rope. Ouch. Then suddenly the shelf came crashing back down. Bang! There were three covered bowls on the shelf. Wait. The kids lifted the lid off the first bowl. Inside was Jeremy's heart, (gasps) still beating. They opened the second bowl. Inside were Jeremy's eyes, Ah, still still staring in horror. And then they opened the third bowl and saw Jeremy's teeth still chattering. That is absolutely ridiculous. And I love it. it. Like, I was like, kind of, I was shocked and shooked when I was reading that because oh, I was like, here. usually we don't talk about beating hearts and like severed limbs and body parts hanging on. I just love the, <laughs> the idea of these bloody teeth still chattering and these eyes still staring. Oh, ooh. Absolutely gruesome. By Absolutely the way, I don't perfect. think I've ever seen a real dumb waiter in real life in my entire life. What a fail. Oh, you know what? What? I have. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah, I'll show I it to you. I still get jealous. You'll show it to me. Where is there a dumbwaiter? It's at the house where um, we're, we're doing that next project that I'm working <gasps> on. There's a work, it's a working dumbwaiter. I'll show it to you. That's awesome. I can't wait to ride and get stuck in between the first and second floor, and then there'll be bowls and plates with my eyes and stuff on them. Gorgeous. So after that creepy story, he walks them into the butler's pantry, which is kind of next to it, and closes the door behind them and locks it. And they're like, why are you, why do you lock the door? What's going on? I don't get it. And they realize that Seth is um, not who he said he is. And Seth says, sorry, guys, I played a little trick on you. My name's not Seth. It's Andrew. 
I am the ghost. I promise you a real ghost tonight. And well, here I am. And then he blows out the candle and they're in darkness. And they're like, but, 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 what? But Angie lost his head. He says, oh, this, this isn't, isn't my head. This is one I borrowed. And then he reaches to pull his head off. And Stephanie says, no, no, please. He says, I have to return the head. I saw you last night. I made you, I made myself visible to you guys. The rest of the group couldn't see me, but I wanted you guys to see me. I want your head. I want Dwayne's head. And this is where it gets into a little, um, it reminds me of Legend of Sleepy Hollow a little bit in a way, or, um... Uh, there's that Scooby-Doo episode with the headless horseman. Yes. Who, like, has to steal a head, and it's so scary. Zoinks, it's him! I want a head! Excuse me. Give me your head! You don't want this bad material. Sloppy workmanship, look. <laughs> Hasn't worked since the day I got it. Always loose. <laughs> no, you'd be very unhappy with this head. George! And he's, he, you know, he basically says to him, I, I need your head. I'll pull it off quickly. It won't hurt a bit. And Dwayne's like, but, but I need it too. And Andrew says, I'm only going to borrow it. I'll return it when I find my own head. I promise. And Dwayne replies, you're not cheering me up. <laughs> like, what? And Stephanie's like, no, don't take it. Um, um, We can find your head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we'll, we'll find it for you. And Andrew's like, um, girl, I've been searching for 100 years. Uh, I would have found it by now. And no then it's way. this really frightening sequence to me where it's just... Seth slash now Andrew staggering towards Dwayne slowly going, I need your head. Give me your head. And they they basically back up against these shelves and push themselves against the wall. And as they push, the wall starts to move. And Andrew's reaching out for the for Dwayne's head. He's like, gotcha. I got your head. So scary. And this wall sort of like makes this loud grinding noise and slides open to reveal a long, dark tunnel with a very low ceiling. It's and, a secret passageway. And they just go, they run. Even though the ceiling's so low, they have to bend down. They just run and run and run. And they get to I a dead end. been so dark. I mean, there's no lights or anything. I know. It's crazy. And they get to the end of this tunnel and they try and push that wall, but nothing, you know, nothing moves and they also I point out that Andrew is like jogging towards them which I think is so such a creepy image terrifying and and as he's jogging he's saying Dwayne Dwayne I need your head oh. and Dwayne sees this metal ladder that is against the wall and it leads up to like a square in the ceiling and the, they're like Stephanie's like where does it lead up to and Dwayne's like, like we don't have time to think about it going. just start climbing the ladder climbing the ladder and he and Andrew's like, where are you going, Dwayne? I, I need, need your, your head. head. And they climb up the ladder and climb and climb and climb. And as they climb the ladder, it starts to tilt and fall through the wall. The wall's crumbling and falls apart. And they fall through the wall on the ladder. Wow. And they, they also bounce when they hit the ground. Yes, like, they land wow. hard on the ground. And Arl Stein points out that, that they not only bounce once, but twice and are thrown off the ladder as chunks of dust and wall fall all around them. And I'm like, are they going to die? It hurts, yeah. 
and they they realize they're in a hidden this hidden room and they look up and Andrew is standing right above them and he's staring past them at the ground and on the ground in front of them is his head wow you guys we they found it they found the head of the headless ghost andrew cross head and it's a sh- it's rl Stein points out it's a shimmering white head with long wavy white hair and glowing emerald green eyes i also love this again these ghosts age in this book isn't that kind of fucked up and oh, crazy i love it it's so terrifying and Dwayne looks at looks at andrew and andrew is horrified and is now pointing at the ceiling, and from the ceiling comes comes this like filmy, curling white figure. It's a ghost, um, and the figure floats down softly to the floor and lands on the floor. Um, it, and it lifts its arms like bird wings. And we and and the go the that ghost is headless, by the way. Yeah. And Stephanie screams and screams. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. And it lifts those bird wings, bird wing arms. And it's it's a tiny little ghost. It's a tiny like, little short ghost. Short and thin with, with baggy old timey clothes. Oh, baggy old pants and long sleeve shirt with a high collar and no head. And it lifts the head up, um, causing a cold burst of air to rush over all of them. He puts his head back on and then mouths silently to Stephanie and Dwayne. Thank, Thank you. you. And floats back up to the ceiling and they're like what the fuck and they're like, that was that was actually andrew andrew just found his head wait a second then who are you and they're like who are you tell us who you are then they hear a loud booming voice and see a flashlight coming from the tunnel through the broken wall and it's otto and otto's going seth seth is that you you guys shouldn't be in this part of the house it's dangerous it's dangerous it's falling apart and seth goes i'm sorry uncle otto and otto's like were you pretending to be a ghost again scaring away my customers so def so daphne and Stwain quickly figure out that like seth was not andrew the whole time he was just seth who is fucking Otto's nephew who just likes to scare people. <laughs> and they were like, uh, no, he didn't scare us. We didn't believe him. Yeah, especially when we saw the real ghost. We saw the real ghost, Otto. And Otto's like, sure, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Save the jokes. Now let's get out of here. And so then it's like they leave and they leave Hill House and they kind of leave Hill House altogether. There's kind of this weird like three months later epilogue that has never happened in Goosebumps and will never happen again where it's like Stephanie and I gave up on Hill House. Like she ended up joining the drama school and I ended up going out for sports. And we decided not to scare anybody anymore. Now I'm on the basketball team and she's going to be in the Wizard of Oz. I kind of love it though because it's kind of like this is it doesn't happen ever again the entire series I don't think. It's so strange. And it's like but Stephanie and Dwayne are still friends even though they don't haunt together they don't scare together they haven't even looked at Hill House but one day they're like what walking home from one school? warm spring night they're yeah. like walking by months the house. and months later and they're like why don't we take the tour just for old times sake like oh it'll be fun and so they go up to the house they see Otto and Edna like they've always seen and they're take happy the tour have a great time and then as they're walking out a police car pulls up and and they're like what um and the ki- a police officer says, what were you kids doing up there? And they're like, we just took the tour. And the officer says, tour? What tour? And Stephanie says, you know, the haunted house tour. And the police officer says, what were you really doing up there? It's like, uh, we Dwayne's were like, we told tour, you we were taking the tour. tour. And, the, and, and the other police officer with, with him says, ah, maybe a ghost gave them the tour. 
And he said, there are no, no tours. There haven't been any tours in that house for months. The house is empty, shut down. There hasn't been anyone in there all winter. Hill House went out of business three months ago. And what? Stephanie and Dwayne are like, what? Huh? And so they look back up at the house and they Dwayne sees a trail of light in the window and it's a lan- it's lantern light and he sees Otto and Edna up in the window by the soft orange light. And not only can he see them, but he can see through them. They're ghosts. <gasps> so now we're going to read the first paragraph and last paragraph of this book. Ooh. Stephanie Alpert and I haunt our neighborhood. I blinked and the light faded out. Ooh. Ooh. So I, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. I was a little confused by the ending because I was like, wait, what? Because it makes absolutely no <laughs> sense. Is yeah. that why you were confused? Dale and I were looking up online earlier about the Headless Ghost and there were like two fan theories as to what actually is happening at the end. And one was that Otto and Edna had been ghosts all along and were just searching for the head. And once the head was found, that they just shut the house down. And the other was that within that three-month period, they died. And yeah, that's why Hill House got shut down and went out of business because they were dead, but now they're still ghosts haunting it. I'd like to believe they were ghosts all along, even though that makes, I think, um, less sense. Yes. When I read when I read it this this past time, I thought it was the latter. Where I was like, oh, they've died since then, but like for some reason they're now now they're the ones haunting Hill House. Maybe. But I I'll I'll take it. I'll take it all to the bank. Give me a good ghost story. The headless ghost, total blast. The book is a total blast. Yes, the book is a total blast. Now, unfortunately, we have to talk about the TV episode. Oh, do we have to? What a colossal disappointment this episode yeah, truly is. This is some piss poor piss trash that you. But I will say there are two redeeming moments of this episode that have changed my life forever and make it worth watching ultimately, even though it is a shit sewed. I can't, I know which I can't. <sighs> let's I'm, just do it. Let's just do it, Daniel. I don't even know what to say. Let's, so let's just dive this, right in. This uh, book, uh, this episode came out, uh, aired September 21st, 1996. Oh, so the following year. The following year, the following September, it was season two, episode five. And <sighs> here's the thing. Stephanie's super obnoxious, you guys. Like, she I, is. I can't I, even. I, 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 can't I can't abide, abide her. I <laughs> cannot stand her. I was just about to say the exact same thing. And it's like loosely inspired by the book, but it takes it into some real stupid directions, you guys. And the whole thing with the TV episode is it kind of, there's like this weird, like vaguely Irish lighthouse thing that's going on where yeah, there's so like. Yeah, so instead of the, the house being by a river, it's like uh, part of next to a lighthouse on the coast but you just see stock footage of a lighthouse and then the whole time they show the front of the house they have a big sweeping light that spins past it every now and then and the entire episode the entire episode there is a thunderstorm going on but no rain it's just (laughs) a bunch of thunder and this weird sound effect that happens a lot through the through the episode that's just you in bed i was just going mama mm-hmm. that's a likely story you were looking for that ghost again weren't you so the episode opens with stephanie and Dwayne on the hill house tour hill house itself is not as over the top and immaculate as it sounds in the book it kind of just looks like a 
it looks like a, a normal house that they tr- tried to sort of dress up. It does not look old enough. It is not big enough. It is not it is not creepy so, enough. It is not dark enough. Yeah, they open with Andrew Craw, old timey Andrew Craw, who who some people are born to be actors and some people aren't. And um, he, he's just like walking around a room, going like like I don't know, just stumbling around. Then his like vaguely Irish mother like comes he's in. Like, and Andrew, is like, what are you doing? Are you looking for that head again or whatever? You shouldn't look like, for the head. And there's literally a moment where it's like Andrew's just walking around his room in like a rainless thunderstorm and he's like he hears a noise and peeks under his bed and he's like oh it's just you kitty that like stupid horror movie trope or whatever. And then like a ghost appears behind him and it's not even a ghost it's like a out of focus fuzzy black sort of blob with with um white sort of spire like I don't know and then we see like shadow puppets on the walls of um we see it, it forms into a ghost, like a pup, a shadow puppet of a ghost following the boy. And I cannot for the life of me figure out why they did this. But the shadow of the ghost is like a, it looks like a Muppet. Like the head of the ghost is like not a human head. It's like a big cartoonish flop nose. I don't, I don't understand With like either. a bald head and it looks like a Muppet. But we like, see the shadow of the hands reaching out saying like, you found my hiding spot. You know, you found my hiding space. Now I have to take your head or something. But wasn't he? Sur- oh, he was searching for the ghost, right? Not the oh, ghost head. Oh, that's right. Yes, he was just searching for ghosts. That's right. And basically, we cut to that's part of the tour, and Stephanie and Dwayne are on the tour, and are they scare a little girl with a monster hand under the bed during the tour. It doesn't really matter. It's just like whatever. They yeah, they can't show that. Stephanie and Dwayne are scaring the kids of the neighborhood. Instead, they sort of like terrorize the tour instead. And we meet, we see Otto. Otto's definitely he's not nearly sexy enough. In the book, I feel like he's very benevolent in a way. And like in this TV episode, he's kind of he has like a beard and is kind of like an angry, curmudgeony old, you know, bigger guy. They are up walking up the stairs, and and there are a bunch of paintings. And this is very different from the book paintings in the house and there's a painting of everybody who died in the house and there's a portrait of like Andrew or like the little boy or whatever headless holding his head and Otto kind of points it out as they're walking up the stairs or whatever so they sneak away from the group to look for the head and they go into the sea captain's study it's really suspenseless and not like very scary at all and it's the, like brightly lit just them wandering around a room looking at lifting up pillows and the story of the house is a little different from the book it's like the sea captain went off to sea and when he came back his wife had run off with another man and he was angry about that. And this was supposed to be their house. So anybody that lives in the house or disrespects the house, he, you know, he becomes very angry. And I don't like that story as much as I like I don't, story either. I don't like it at all. I don't all, like actually. it at all. And they're searching in the sea captain's study and sort of Stephanie like fakes him out a couple times. She's like, the head. And he's like, oh my God, it's there. And she's like, I'm just kidding. And then she's like, no, I'm not kidding. There's the head. I'm just kidding again. And oh man. And then they hear footsteps coming into the room. So they hide and Otto catches them and throws them out. And he's like, oh, you kids always ruining my tour. Get out of here. You're not so allowed like, back He like here. throws them out of the tour and like Stephanie like goes and throws like a She's like, yeah, fuck you. She doesn't say that, but she like takes like a um a handful of snow and throws it at the door. And as she throws the handful of snow at the door, there's like this demon face door knocker, and like the snow hits the demon knocker, and then its eyes glow green. And you hear like a growl noise, and so it's I'm like, like what? what? And Otto sort of says like, you can't res- you don't you don't re- before he throws the mask says you don't respect the tour, you don't respect this house, and 
the, you know, the ghosts don't like it when you don't respect. It's kind of like a thing about respecting the ghosts and respecting the house. And if you don't show respect, it'll bite you in the bit. And so that kind of like Stephanie, I don't know. And um, we see a boy watching them from like, uh, like the, the He's bushes. not wearing all black and turtlenecks like, um, you know, like an actor's headshot from the 90s and doesn't have like glowing blonde hair. He looks like actually more old timey and he couldn't look more than just like a white boy from an episode of Ari Frey the Dark. So Seth and Dwayne and Stephanie wait until the last tour leaves and they sneak into the house and Seth tells them the story of the dumbwaiter. But this story is very different from the one in the book. Okay, so here's here's the deal, you guys. So the Headless Ghost, the book, is filled with all these random ass scary stories that are kind of amazing. The TV episode takes some of them and warps them a little bit. But this one story we're about to tell you right now, or I'm just going to insert the, the clip, is the, an original story written for, for television. It doesn't really seem to me indicative of a kind of story that R.L. Stein would ever tell on his own. It feels like someone else kind of wrote this. But I think this story is so outrageous and so terrifying and fucked me up when I was little and hilarious and perfect that I've told this story over and over again, people not knowing this is from like a Goosebumps television episode, but told it as a story of my own that I think that I make people think I just made up because I think it's so visceral and hilarious and specific and terrifying. Now, here's the story about the boy and the ice cream. What's this? It's called a dumbwaiter. It goes all the way up to the attic. It was used to bring food up from the kitchen. See, a long time ago, there was a boy who lived in this room. Andrew? The boy who lost his head? No. A different boy. A very spoiled boy who loved to eat ice cream. Strawberry ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. He always wanted ice cream. And he kept the kitchen maid hopping with his demands. Ice cream. He just couldn't get enough ice cream. Well, one day, the dumbwaiter didn't come all the way up. The boy reached. And he reached. Until, finally... He reached too far. When the maid found him at the bottom of the shaft, it was hard to tell the difference between the boy's face and the strawberry ice cream. <laughs> I, I, I can never quite wrap my brain around that story. I, oh, fuck, Daniel. We should have had strawberry ice cream oh, today. Man, we always mess up. Fail. Major oh. fail. We should have oh, like man. we should have ices or snow cone when we're when we're doing abominable snowman. A we should have a you know what we should do, Daniel, is we should have like a goosebumps party and we'll have like different snacks and stuff where it's like you know we'll have like monster blood, which is like guac. No, what we should do is have like monster blood to drink, which this. would be like a green party mix. Yes, okay, this is happening. We're doing. We'll have we're like this. we'll have guacamole that's like Doctor Brewer's plant food. Let's that make you a have list. To eat. Let's make a list after we're done recording. Okay, and then we'll have strawberry ice cream, and then we'll have those black and white cookies from the haunted mass. Matthew, we're 100% doing this. There's no way that we're not. I'm so thrilled. (laughs) Okay. Oh, God. Anyway, and then we'll end the night with strawberry ice cream. (laughs) Let's hurry the stupid episode up. So we can can plan this party. Get the party. Y'all want to come to the party? (laughs) Um, So, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Like, Seth leads them to a secret upstairs room, which is, like, the captain's room where he painted, like, portraits of his, like, latest victims, I guess. I guess so. I don't know. Like, the captain would kill people in the house and then paint a portrait of them. So it was the 
perhaps in that pain of the portraits? I don't know. He locks them in the room, and basically this is the a butler pantry moment from the book, and it, Seth is like, I need your head. And it's very scary, but it's Here's also- the thing. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, Dan. I'm going to have to cut you off here because I said there's two redeeming things about this mm-hmm. television episode. It's the the strawberry ice cream story, which is is praise. It's it's icon. It's legend. It's iconoclast. Like, I, I can't even talk to you enough about that strawberry ice cream story. But this next thing is when, you know, TV Seth, says he's or Andrew you know fake Andrew is going to tell ask Dwayne to give him his head the most sensual guitar music Wild. starts playing stripper music you guys I'll insert it here and I I dare you not to do a completely nasty naughty dance to it and the way it's delivered it's genuinely I feel like like this actor is going to start singing because it's so sexual and sensual and it's a 90s rock dance musical I'm going to take your head and so, I'll need a new head. And guess what, Dwayne? I'm gonna take yours. I need your head, Dwayne. I need it too. It won't hurt. Well, maybe just a little. For me a second. Quick twist. Come right off. Snap. Just like a chicken leg. I'm just joking. <laughs> It's no joke, Dwayne. I'm gonna pull your head off. Wait. Maybe we could help you. You know? Find your old head? Oh, it's no use. For years and years, I searched every room, every hallway, every closet. Why my head? Well, I would take hers. But it'll look kind of funny. My head's not that great either. I mean, it gets allergies, it's not that good at math, and. It's hair never does what you want it to. Nice try, Dwayne. But it's no use. I'm gonna take your head. That's all there is to it. Isn't that insane? It's ludicrous. So this episode is some trizity trash, but girl, it's worth it for that ice cream and that music. And right as he is about to steal Dwayne's head, I could not figure out for the life of me why this happens. Dwayne just shouts, the dumbwaiter. And he runs over to the dumbwaiter and opens it. Dan and I, while we were watching this episode, we were like, we cannot figure out why Dwayne runs over to this dumbwaiter and just just opens it and goes the dumb waiter. I think it's like supposed to be a distraction or something. But I was like, we I should think have it would the list sound effect. I, I don't was know like, why he runs. I was like, it. we should have the listeners watch this episode and see if they can like email or tweet or or, or um, comment vote. on Instagram to vote why they think that Dwayne runs over to the dumb waiter because we can't figure it out. It doesn't make any sense. Maybe I don't know B- why if it Bjorn is listening to this episode in Australia. He probably knows. So. It's it's the it's Andrew's like ghost head in the dumbwaiter and he says a bunch of stupid things. You guys nothing for the rest of the episode it's not gonna really make sense. So we're just gonna tell you what happened. Don't and don't think about it too much. Don't even think about it. <laughs> His like ghost comes into the room and headless ghost walks into the room, picks up the head, drops it, and then picks it up again and, and puts it he, on. And it's terrible special effects. So he's walking too slowly, it's too quiet, it takes too long. So we have like, you know, this is real life Andrew, who's a ghost. So Seth is like, you know, presumably not a ghost anymore. But like Andrew's a little brat as he is in the in the book, I guess. But he then he says to Stephanie for almost no reason. And Dion and I looked at each other like, what the fuck? He says, don't play innocent with me, girly girl, because you'll find out that my bite is worse than my bark. And then he like walks through the walls and is gone. I was like, what? What are you looking at? Who, me? Don't 
play innocent with me, girly girl, or you'll find out that my bite is worse than my bark. Like, ridiculous. Um, Otto shows up and is like, what are you guys doing here? Oh, get out. My, my, my nephew, Seth. And then Otto's like, what does he say? He's like, I need to talk to Stephanie alone for a second or something. Dwayne's like, if you could leave, I need to talk to Stephanie. And Dwayne's like, oh, okay. And Stephanie's like, oh, what is he going to do? Lecture me? And so, like, Dwayne goes downstairs, and then Otto immediately locks the door. And now, in this episode, or in the TV version, Otto is the angry old sea captain now. And he starts painting a portrait of Stephanie. Okay, and so we have Stephanie locked in the sea captain's room. The sea captain is Otto. He's a ghost. And then Seth is officially a ghost, too. And Seth says to Stephanie, did you like that story about how I died? Welcome aboard, Stephanie. I hope you like the story I told you about how I died. And it turns out that Seth is the strawberry ice cream boy. Makes no sense. And so, like, Otto's, like, you know, teaching Stephanie a lesson or something. So, like, he's painting his latest victim. And as he paints her, like, on the the canvas or whatever, she starts to disappear in real life. So, like, as ghost Otto stands there painting... If he paints, like, Stephanie's arm, as Stephanie is standing there, her arm, like, disappears and from view. And she can't move, and there's this really stupid shot of her really up close, and her just saying, please, no, oh, please. I told Daniel, I was like, could this be more suspenseless or stakesless? And also, Headless Andrew comes back, and kind of Headless Andrew stands there. Seth stands there with some ghost strawberry ice cream while Captain Otto, you know, Bell paints the painting. And I'm like, why are they even doing this? I'm like, if... if it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, if he paints her on the easel, then does she become a ghost and then she has to stay with them forever? Like, is none of it. Is she dying? Like, is he killing her? Like, what's going on? And she screams, and Dwayne, who's walking out of the house, hears it, runs upstairs, and immediately throws like a can of, I don't know what it is, paint thinner or I something? I guess so. Like, water, maybe. I don't know. Water even know. or paint thinner on the, pa- on the painting, and it like destroys the, the painting. The painting and, like melts. I thought that would kill Stephanie if we're like, but like who even fucking cares? And Otto so, like screams and they run out of the house and like a white blob follows them through the house. Terrible special effects. And for some reason like Otto's like really, really mad that like his painting's ruined. I, I don't even get it. So like Stephanie and Dwayne just like run out. And, and they like, play the same sound clip of him screaming over and over and over and over and over again. And, and then we have our epilogue. <laughs> And they run out of the house. And then, you know, as Otto's ghost like screams after them, it kind of looks like the ghost from same effect as the ghost from Piano Lessons Piano Can Lessons Be Murder, can be murder yeah. screaming at the screaming at the screen, the camera. And cut to um, I don't know months later, days later, and the house. It's like a sunny day, and the house is Hill House is for sale. Hill House is for sale, and a couple is there, and they're like walking in the house, like oh, I can't believe it's such a great deal. Um, you know. And people say it's haunted. You know? This couple's like, we heard it was haunted. And then we see a presumably realtor who says, yeah, and I'm a ghost. And then he turns around and, and it's it, of Otto. course, is Otto playing realtor. He looks directly into the camera and, and then, then closes the door. The door and that door knocker, that gargoyle door knocker thing, eyes turn things eyes turn um, green. green again. And he shuts the door. You know, it's not unlike... The book ending to Welcome to Dead House. Yes, because I'm like, here we go, Compton Dawes. We got another ghost realtor trying to sell a ghost house. It really like throws all 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 matters of sense to the wind. This episode, it doesn't it doesn't make any fucking sense at it's all. It's a hit or miss, but hit because and miss. <laughs> because of the strawberry ice cream story and that sensual music, it's 
Ultimately, oh, I'm glad that it exists. But the book is such is oh. such a treasure. We don't get a really good ghost story again for a little while. We still have we have a ghost camp or whatever. But if we're talking Curse really of good camp, Cold Curse Lake. of Camp Cold Lake and the Haunted, Haunted School. School we have coming up. But this is one of the I love a good ghost story. I do too. In fact, I might even say I like this ghost story more than Welcome to Dead House. Um, mm. This is more like well, Welcome in the ghost to Dead House store. isn't really a ghost story. I guess, I guess it's not. But like it's it's similar in tone where it's like a house. It's go, you know it's like dead people and things like that yeah this the headless ghost is is really really fun i had so much fun reading this and i'm so sad it's not gonna be the background on my phone anymore and i hope you guys had fun listening to us talk about it oh my gosh next now we're going just down the street to pasadena the abominable snowman of pasadena go baby go Ooh, join us for the heat yeah join us for the heat if you can take the heat scares and the shriek um, you can follow us online. Um, my, um, we're great on social media. We're great on social media. Just go see we're how great okay we are in real life. But, but we're, we're great on social media. I love to tweet about goosebumps. Um, this is Matthew here. So my Twitter is irobotujane, and my Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery. And my everything is Danny Mac seven six nine D A N N Y M A C K seven six nine. Tell me hi. If you haven't subscribed on iTunes, go for it, please do. And also, if you have just two seconds, just click five stars and give us like a review. Do it. Um, we love you guys, and we will see you in Pasadena next time. Yeah, if you dare. Look, it's pumpkin ham. <laughs> it's old pumpkin puss himself. It's just a raincoat shag. That bowling ball on the shelf must have looked like a head. Oh! A bowling ball? <laughs> I hope you like the story I told you about how I died 